welcome to episode 900 of It's Almost the Weekend. Hell yeah. How do we make it to 900 so quickly? Uh, well, we're very efficient podcasters. You know, this is our full-time job. We take it really <laughs> seriously as a profession. I would mm. like to think we've impacted the industry in a pretty major way since this podcast started. Is this like one of these like travel to the future episodes where we like where we pretend but not really that we are like we've done all this shit and this is like you know like when the rugrats like flashed forward into the future and we got like future rugrats i'm sorry the rugrats no rugrats yeah i mean i know of the rugrats but i i can't say i've i've seen the rugrats since i could talk oh wow yeah yeah rugrats did this thing where they were like all grown up they called it rugrats all grown up that's that's shocking that's just terrible marketing yeah Yeah. i don't know if the rugrats was actually any ever good uh, ever any good yeah i mean i have no earthly clue but uh was this all grown up scenario was that like an adult animation i think they were like teens i don't think they were like full-on adults okay right that that would be too depressing not entertaining enough (laughs) yeah you know, they don't, nothing happens, you know, like they just go to work and pay taxes and that's the whole show. <laughs> yeah, which is, you know, basically The Sims. Like if you're playing The Sims, a good little sim just goes to work and pays taxes and like yeah. occasionally has sex and doesn't get depressed. It's uh, it's Some it's painting maybe. <laughs> yeah, it's a real struggle to to achieve the bare minimum. Mm. Um, anyway, how are you, Joe? I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I've been pretty good. Had a pretty regular week. It was good fun times. Yeah, I uh, I hear you've been playing some uh, some new video games, you might say. Oh, yeah. I've been on that new freshly dropped from the, um, what would you call it? From the conveyor belt of freshness <laughs> set of video games. You yeah. can tell my brain's really working and I didn't just get up from a nap 10 minutes ago. <laughs> um yeah i've been playing that mario wonder a lot i think i'm nearly finished it wow nice a couple more zones to go and then the final sick um yeah it's been very cool it's quite an amazing little video game like they've done uh a bit of a rework on the 2d mario formula like even his movement has been updated a bit really oh that's all right yeah and he's uh his voice actors new a new man no longer Charles Martinet. Whoa, is that contentious? Is or, that something the fans are upset about? Or is Charles like 80 and he's Charles retired? Is, yeah, Charles is well and truly. He's basically... didn't. I think Nintendo made him like a, an honorary employee or something like that. I don't know what it was, but now he's like a... He's just a guy. He's, he, all he does is like tour around and say it's a me he doesn't do any act voice acting anymore he basically just like is is a guy wow. what a life what a life yeah to yeah i mean iconic but yeah the the new guy i can't actually remember his name right now but um he's good he sounds just like mario um he doesn't sound tired <laughs> not that mario <laughs> ever sounded tired he doesn't sound tired that's Holy what i might shit. be expecting you know from someone who's doing like a mario impression at 80 <laughs> I mean, yeah, Mar- Mario is is definitely of the more jubilant kind of roles that you'll be voice acting for in your career. So, how, yeah, I, I, I guess that's fair. How old is Mario? 
How old is Mario? Man, <laughs> this was the most fucked rabbit hole. I remember we went down on this podcast. Like, <laughs> we didn't go down on each other. We went down a rabbit hole. Yes, and. Yes. You were like, Mario's dad is named Mario or something yeah. like that. Like, he had the background there and it, it was really quite disturbing. Um, but I reckon, I mean, look, I reckon Mario has got to be a teenager, right? Yeah. Because it's just the kids have to be across it. The kids don't want to play someone who's too old. He's, he's got a, you know, a high-pitched voice. Yeah. Uh, maybe his voice hasn't broken. So I'd, I'd peg him at... At fourteen, fifteen. Whoa, and, young as. Yeah, with a mustache. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, dude, this is <laughs> this is this is the fucking uh, you know Peach Kingdom or Sunflower Kingdom or whatever they call it. Yeah, and yeah, uh, yeah. you know things are different there. Like uh, you can be chasing Princess Tail at at thirteen, whoa, fourteen. That's that's whoa, no whoa. problems at all. You uh, you grow mustaches. It's like uh, it's like Japan in the Edo period. You know they right. they they hadn't actually evolved um, to realize that the human brain needs a bit more time uh, to get used to the world. But uh, is Mario human? That's the real question. Or is he like you know? Yeah. Is is this a whole nother realm? We've already, we fell down this rabbit hole, like you said, a little while ago. And it, yeah, what if Mario real life is a real question? You know, Mario Odyssey sort of threw him into New Donk City where he was ne standing next to, you know, real life humans. Mm. And we got to see his stature. You know, he's about up to the, the waistline of a real life human. I mean, wasn't he, wasn't he even shorter? It, it seemed uh, like he was about two foot from memories. He's, he's about three foot, I think. Okay. Um. Anyway, yeah. Wikipedia says that Mario is between 24 and 25 years old. No, that's shit. That's shit. They're playing it safe. That was uh, from an interview in 2005 with Miyamoto. Yeah, no, nah, no. Nah. He's retconning that. He's like, yeah, you know, we've got we've to update it to, uh, you know, fit in with uh, what's, what's acceptable. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. You know, when they, when they first designed. I mean, you know, that original 8-bit Mario. Mario might be fucking eight years old. What if he, what if he was eight <laughs> years old had. and he, like, he got into the, the mushrooms at his parents' place and he yeah. just hallucinated the whole thing? That's that's the real story. That's where it all ends. And he wakes up in his bed at his parents' house and says, Wowie Zowie. Speaking of saying Wowie Zowie, that's his new catchphrase. He doesn't say Mamma Mia anymore. He says Wowie Zowie. Well, I mean, you know. Have I said this? You haven't. I mean, this is okay. new information to me. And, uh, you know, I mean, that, again, just realigning to PC culture. Mamma Mia is a bit of a reappropriation oh, of, of, of Italian uh, culture. Is that? Yeah, exactly. And so, you know, wowie zowie. That's uh, that's terrible, but original. And, and I think, uh, you know, a company like Nintendo wants to be uh, original, no matter the yeah. cost. Yeah. I mean, we did mention last week Mario's appearance in a business attire saying that he is an ally and supports gay marriage. And that's, yeah. that's what we like to see. Um, I'm, I'm telling my final answer. Mario is eight years old. I think. Yeah. Look, I would peg him. Probably Don't these peg days. Mario, please. I'm pegging Can Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Cut that out. Cut that out of the podcast. <laughs> um, and then post it everywhere. No. Uh, I've, I've put him around 35. I think what? Mario is getting on now. 35? 
five. No, he's the same every game. That's the no, thing. He's getting on. No, he's getting on. They're not. Do you reckon in a hundred years they're just gonna retire Mario? Like they're gonna be yeah. like Mario is done. Mario has died. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mario has died. And they show him in a, like not even a casket. They just show the they just show the gravestone. <laughs> Um, yeah wow wow Mario, so, mario's physical age as in the age of the franchise have a guess oh man i mean the first one oh no because he was jump man wasn't he mm. in the in the donkey kong cabinet fuck i mean he's got to be he's got to be you know the franchise has got to be like around 41 42 years old wow yep 42 yep there that's you it go. you got it there you go. very good i would have struggled with that sonic only 36 Boo, he's young. Young, he's young. Young whippersnapper. How old is uh, Sonic? <laughs> uh, how old is Sonic the Hedgehog? Yeah. Let's not go back down, Sonic the Hedgehog. I need my um, emotional support human, Laura, to be here during any discussion of Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, okay. That's that's completely fair. So you've been playing Mario Wonder. And, you've been playing and Mario Wonder. It's a, really it's like a it. wonderful time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he says wowie zowie, turns into an elephant a lot. There's these wonder seeds. There's one in every level. You pick it up and something crazy happens. And mm. they do a lot of really cool stuff. You know, it starts with like the pipes go crazy and then the piranha plants start singing. And for the most part, they're all really fun and original. Like sometimes they'll turn you into an enemy like a Goomba or like another creature that you find. There's a bunch of new enemies. Right. Um, sometimes they'll do less original things like there's been a couple of levels earlier on where they like just slowed down time and then they sped up time and I was like oh Jesus <laughs> running out of ideas and then the next few levels were better so that's good but yeah right. uh, Mario Wonder's been a fun time and I just started playing Alan Wake 2 yeah now I'm very keen to, to hear your take on this because this this was a game that I was sure uh, nobody cared about yeah, I had no idea. Wait, so how? What drove you to buy this game? And <laughs> what and was what motivated you? And to be clear, this is a game you purchased with real life capitalism credits. Yeah, yeah, I spent my hard earned capitalism um, shill coins on um, on this video game. Okay, yeah, all right. Um, so, t- so walk me through that process. Oh, look, I saw some people tweeting about it and they were saying some pretty amazing things. Like Alan Wake 2 is like an amazing survival horror game. Wow. Um, they, they said it's one of the prettiest looking games on the PlayStation 5 slash recent hardware PC. Mm-hmm. Um, they said it is um, one of their favorite games of the year so far. There's a lot of people talking it up for game of the year. And I was oh like, God. all right, fucking sign me up. All right. So yeah, I had a little go and it's pretty imp- impressive. I haven't got that far in yet. Um, mm-hmm. I'm still in, in the first couple of areas, um, but it's starting to like ramp up in a pretty big way. And uh, yeah, it's it's cool. It's You know what it's giving me is True Detective. Oh, no shit. I love that. Yeah. I feel like I'm in an episode of True Detective. Oh, um, sick. Yeah. You don't, at least not yet, you don't play Alan. You play um, this detective named Saga. Mm-hmm. And she is an FBI agent working with this other detective named Casey. Mm-hmm. Um, and they go to investigate a, a murder that happened in the woods near where Alan Wake uh, 1 occurred. 
So right. you go yeah. to that house on the lake in Alan Wake 1, Lake yeah, Cauldron, yeah. yeah, and a whole bunch of shit goes down there. I watched like a recap of what happened in Alan Wake 1 because I was like, fuck, I'm not going to go back and play in that old, old dinosaur <laughs> game. Yeah, good move, good move. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I'm all caught up. And uh, I do think it kind of does stand on its own though. Like, I don't think you need to know necessarily who Alan Wake is. Like, it's sort of piece, you sort of piece it together without having to have that knowledge. Right. I was thinking they'd have to do that because from from memory, Alan Wake was financially unsuccessful and critically not panned, but not exactly praised. And yeah. so for, for them to see any kind of success in this, I feel like they had to make it a, like, a bit. Yeah, it needed to be more accessible than just like a straight up sequel. So, yeah, he is like... Um, at the end of Alan Wake 1, he's basically trapped in the darkness, which is like this crazy place under the lake that is this metaphysical in-between realm. Mm. Um, and he wound up there by saving his wife's life by writing her back to life. That was oh, that's, so, so, you, that's so romantic. Right? It's pretty neat. Um, <laughs> if, if you don't remember in Alan Wake 1, it was about this writer named Alan Wake and he, uh, he was a horror writer or a thriller writer. And he was having trouble writing his new book. And his wife said, hey, we should go out to this lake. And, you know, you don't have to write. You can just get away from everything. And he's like, you know what? That's a great idea. And they go out there. And it turns out that she's, like, hired this doctor to come and, like, diagnose him. And, you know, get him get him sorted with his creativity and figure it all out. Mm-hmm. And he feels betrayed. And she disappears as soon as the doctor arrives. She jumps into the lake and disappears. And it goes into, like... Then everything goes all wibbly wobbly, weird, timey wimey. You know, is it in the past or is it the future? Why did his, did his what his wife ever exist? And it's all that sort of stuff. Right, and then you've got to like shine a light at the face of the enemy for six hours straight. Yeah, there's a lot of torch play. Um, <laughs> torch play. Oh, how salacious! And <laughs> um, yeah, you shine the bright light on the enemies um, to to destroy them or to make them vulnerable. Um, and yeah, in this one, Alan Wake, this was like 13 years later. So you, you rock up, you start finding these like manuscript pages mm-hmm. and the stuff that's written on the pages starts coming true. And so it's like, there's, you know, Alan is kind of, he's either left some pages around or they're just being dug up or we don't really know mm-hmm. what the story is yet, but yeah, he's, uh, he's still affecting the world with his writing somehow. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think, I mean, I know Remedy did the original Alan Wake as well but i feel yeah. like for me the best thing about control were the little uh world building stories you'd find on bits of paper so i feel yeah. like um and I, and that was a really big step up from from the the alan wake stuff that they did before that so yeah i feel like if if that's kind of a key to the gameplay in this one then it's it's probably you know pretty good yeah, there's. I haven't really done everything in the gameplay yet. Like, I'm still, like, I'm an hour and a half in and it's still just, like, I haven't got access to my gun all the time, you know? Like, I'm right. still doing a lot of exploring and talking to people. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character, Saga, has this thing called her Mind Palace, <laughs> which is, oh. like, her mind place. I, I can't remember if it's palace or place. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can press a button at any time to go to her, like, inner world where she's, like, piecing together all of the clues from the case and you can like pin them up on a board and put red string between them. And like, you know, there's, there's the cult and they're the one who, they're the ones who murdered this person. And what's all this paraphernalia with the cult and the people in town and what's their deal. And you start like piecing it together with this big board. Um, 
Cool. And yeah. Yes. So that's kind of that's kind of Alan Wake so far. Hell yeah. That I mean, yeah. Look, that that sounds cool. I'll be I'll be interested to hear once you get into the meat of it. Um, yeah. Because uh, yeah, this was this was a game I was I was ready to to never speak of, but I'm I'm very open to being turned around. Hell yeah! I'll keep you up to date and tell you if it's a worthwhile worthwhile one. Um, and that's what I've been playing. I think I've been playing a lot of that, a lot of Alan Wake and a lot of Mario. I don't think I'll be playing anything else. What about you? What have you been doing? Nice. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the middle of my birthday week. You know, I really, I really take a full two weeks around my birthday to just have a bunch of no guilt, uh, highly caffeinated days. Uh And, uh, yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I'm coming to the end, uh, of this house sitting situation. And so I, I haven't really been able to latch on to a game because this is my last couple of days with the PS5. So I wanted Uh. to... I wanted well to be honest I wanted to play the quarry and I jumped back in to do that and they had removed it from the what yeah the the PS the PlayStation Netflix subscription thingy and so I went to jump in and it just wasn't available to me and I said that sucks. no I know so uh yeah I just I've been playing a couple of games to just try them out and and see if I'd like to stick with them yeah. uh so I played a, a little bit of Kenner I don't... Oh yeah, uh, spirit spirit bridge. Yeah, yep. Carrot spit. Uh, carrot Kenner. Carrot. Kenner uh, <laughs> spirit bridge. Uh, yeah, I thought I thought that was pretty underwhelming. It uh, it, it I, and I know you really liked it, and you're gonna hate me for this, but <laughs> it felt like a worse version of Death's Door. I like it. Uh... Just I know. I'm really sorry, but. I, you know, I got a bunch of games here that I tried and I want to talk about. And I want to say one really positive thing about each mm-hmm. of them. Okay. The music in Kenner is incredible. Mm-hmm. I I played for an hour and a bit and I was blown away. The music changes constantly. It's beautifully recorded, even out of TV speakers. It was mm-hmm. just drawing me in. Uh, but there was a lot about that game that I didn't vibe with, like the level design and the animations and... I, I, you know, the, the Pixar thing, like, it's, oh, yeah. I don't really seek that thing on my own. A mm. lot of my friends are into it and I love that and I'll go to the movies and have a great time. But if, if I'm on my own, I'm not really gonna go out of my way for it. And yeah, it was, it was very obviously a kid's game. Unlike when you play Mario and it's, it's a kid's uh. game, but it's not like shoved down your throat that it's for three year olds or whatever. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, and so I put Kenna down and the following evening I booted up the Surge 2. Oh. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, how'd you go with that one? Uh yeah, look, this is uh this is a sci-fi souls like. And they I they really they mm, the souls, they take that souls out of out of Dark Souls and put it right in Souls like because it's it's exactly the same. Uh, but they they just run through the phrases uh you know they throw that shit in a thesaurus and and it comes out with slightly different terms and then right. they they build a game around it uh except it's worse it, it, you know the animations aren't as good uh the voice acting is is weird right because it's it's fine but 
the Dark Souls voice acting is either really good or it's so bad it's charming. And maybe right. maybe I've got some rose-tinted goggles on, I'm not sure. But playing The Search 2, it was just uh, it was just very mid. You know, when I imagine people going into a store who had never heard of a video game and they're like, give me one video game, please. That's uh-huh. what comes out. The Search 2 comes out. And... Oh. Uh, and they and they put it in their console and they're like this is this is what i know video games to be nothing oh, to write home about yeah 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 um okay. oh i said i'd say one good thing about all the games but i don't know if i have <laughs> a good thing to say about the surge um the world seemed pretty cool uh-huh. uh you know that that uh, dystopian uh cyberpunk situation seemed really cool uh you start in a prison and everything goes to hell and it's all cyberpunky and that's that's cool that's cool cool um my final game that i that i threw on the following evening uh is called the callisto protocol oh and (laughs) you are so bold for doing this I love that I come on here and talk shit about Alan Wake too, and I'm about to talk about the Callisto Protocol. So, uh, yeah, obviously this is available to me for free on on the PS5 I have access to. Yeah. There's there's no other way I would have booted this up, but I just thought it's there. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a super big fan of Dead Space, so let's have a look. And I'm going to say... It, no. <laughs> it is my game of the year. No, it um, it's quite entertaining. I played it for an hour, and I I, I played it with Phoebe redacted next to me, yeah. and some parts were so bad that we were just laughing for ages, yeah. and it it was it made the experience quite fun. Right, but it's insanely derivative. It, it goes in for what Dead Space 2 achieved and does everything worse. Mm. So, I mean, one of the big failures of, of Callisto is that you don't give a flying shit about the character. Mm. You know, so you see these gruesome deaths. You see him just get obliterated by these otherworldly aliens. And it's hilarious because... He's a weird asshole that doesn't have any characterization. And so when you're playing Dead Space and you play as Isaac and you've got all this like intimate trauma with your wife and, you know, I don't want to spoil it too much, but like the way they design the narrative around Dead Space, you know, it, it never had to be something amazing but like Mm. what they did was really simple but really effective like you can Mm. really empathize with with isaac and especially because he's he's just a mechanic you know he's just a a space mechanic and Uh uh it it feels so much more relatable somehow whereas with this one there's like a, a jacob Jacob. Yeah, and I, okay. I, I only know that because they, they fucking did the dead space thing, you know, like Isaac's hallucinating the, uh, you know, the, oh, what is it? Not the icon, the, you know, the big pillar thing, uh, the yeah. symbol, um, the, the rune, whatever it is. Oh uh, yeah. The tower thing. The t- yeah. yeah. The big, the big curly tower. 
yeah. uh, is is fucking with him and he's having hallucinations or audio hallucinations, visual hallucinations. And so you'll be walking through these fucking cooked corridors and you'll just hear Isaac. And it's beautifully mixed. It's mm. you, you might miss it. Uh, and in this game, uh, you know, the first corridor you're walking down, you just hear Jacob. And I'm like, yeah. all right, like, come on, come on, dudes. It's, it's a bit far. And so to wrap this up, uh, we, we had a good time. It's, it's, it's pretty trash. Um, the animations though, I will say, uh, you know, those cutscenes, those facial animations. That yeah, shit, they're that, good. That shit yeah. looks pretty good. I got to say yeah. that shit, that shit looks really good. Um, except when you like enter combat with a, with a beast. Um, oh, God. oh my God. When you enter combat with a beast, it's like the game devolves in, in graphical and like animation quality, like 20 years. It's crazy. It's, mm. uh, and it's, it's weird because the environments are beautiful in this game. It, it really does just feel like a, a, a modern dead space. It like aesthetically. Yeah. Uh, but man, when you start that combat, it, it all goes out the window. But I want to say just quickly more on the characterization around Jacob. Like you don't give a shit about this dude. He crashes into a planet and then he, he, which funnily enough, parallel to the search too, uh, you know, he goes to jail and then some shit goes down in the jail and he, and he breaks out. And when you first come across some enemies, which happens to be humans, you are John Wick. You go full John <laughs> Wick. You're like a space freighter. There's absolutely no character building around yeah. his past, which is fine. It's only an hour into the game. But like you go full John Wick uh, with these humans. I mean, you're like shoving steel implements down their mouth and they're like shredded dudes who have been mm. in this space prison for ages. And, uh, you know, you dispatch them and he just says, whoa, <laughs> you know, yeah, and it's like, yeah. oh, fuck. <laughs> yeah. So it's, um, I'm, I'm actually having a, it's so bad. It's good kind of moment with Callisto. Yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see, are you going to keep playing it? Um, yeah, yeah. I probably will, will boot it up one more time. I mean, you know, that's the thing. I just play until I put it down and with right. Ken Kenner and the search too, that was very easy to do. Um, yep. you know, they weren't like fun or entertaining or that like they didn't have anything going for me whereas callisto was certainly entertaining yeah, and right. uh like i we ended the session this i was on i was at full health i opened this uh container and a slug oh, just immediately yeah. crawled down my throat and we and we were watching and we said oh my god <laughs> and, and then after the slug was down my throat, Jacob screams and his eyes explode. And it was just so funny. Like we could yeah. not stop laughing. And so, yeah, I mean, I'm keen. I'm keen for more of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> nice. I mean, yeah, I thinking back to that game, the thing that drove me the most crazy was the combat. And mm. it's just, I can't, uh, I can remember just, hating this one boss encounter that i couldn't beat like i just i couldn't figure it out and right. it turns out that it doesn't matter which way you dodge i didn't realize that i thought you had to dodge a certain way based on mm. enemy enemy imp, like the, the way the way it looked like they were attacking no mm. it's got, you just gotta press dodge you just gotta press dodge and you'll your character will move out of the way automatically 
Yeah. Yeah. The the combat is atrocious. Some of the worst yeah. I've seen. But then it was like, oh, man, they, they oh. might have fixed it. But like they had like this accessibility mode, which was like auto dodge. And I was like, oh, surely, yeah. surely this will mean just like I don't get hit, you know, auto mm-hmm. dodge. Uh, no. Didn't. <laughs> I, I love how much you hate Callisto. It hasn't come up in a while, but you yeah, really you've revived my hatred for it. It's, <laughs> that game sucks. Uh, but no, the the art is beautiful. The environments, the character, some of the character art is pretty, pretty incredible. They did a really good job with it. Mm. Um, so, yeah, just fuck that guy who made that game. <laughs> anyway, uh, you got some chicken for me, brother. I got a little bit of chicken. Hell yeah some delicious morsels uh, i don't know about big news it was a, it was a pretty light news week to be honest with you right okay um so we got uh currently there's a halloween sale happening on the playstation network oh um you can get resident evil 2 75 percent off 13 dollars and 73 australian cents and that's that's the remake yeah yes that's oh. the remake go like Guys, gals, and non-binary pals, get out there and play Resi 2 Remake because yep. oh, that shit is good. An incredible video game. Then there's Resident Evil 3, also 75% off, $13.73 Australian cents. You can't go wrong. Pretty ju- pretty, pretty juicy. Let's try to say spicy <laughs> and juicy at the same time. <laughs> very um, juicy. Very juicy. You got Diablo 5. No, Diablo 4. <laughs> Australian, 25% off. We're not not playing that if it were free. I mean, come on, Diablo 4. No, no, yeah, I'm just throwing, I'm just being a a goose. Um, (laughs) Then you got the Resident Evil 4 Deluxe Edition, uh, 38% off, 71 Australian dollars. I don't know, man. I'd I'd probably just wait for that one to come down like the rest of them, even though I really loved it. Um, Yeah, but you know. It might have just then. There's a bunch of other games here. You know, there's like a bunch of pages um, of of games that you can pick up uh, on on the current PSN Halloween sale. Man, go go get them. You know, I haven't I haven't really played a, a pure horror game in a while. Mm. Uh, I I know we've got like a big list going, so maybe oh maybe, yeah, maybe we should get to get a horror game happening on our game club game one month. Ooh. Um, dude, uh, Alan Wake 2 scared me the last time I played it last time. Ooh, for real? I, it jump scared me. <laughs> Hell um, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, next piece of news. This is another capitalism piece of news. Um, <laughs> I am 8-Bit, which is like a gaming apparel art and, and stuff website. I oh, released yeah. an Annapurna Interactive Deluxe Limited Edition Collection on the Nintendo Switch. Whoa. Um, it comes in this sort of big old box with a, a zip case and it's got a bunch of Annapurna games. Um, got Donut County, Garo, Goa, Hindsight, I Am Dead, If Found, Kentucky Route Zero TV Edition, Neon White, Sayonara Wild Heart, Soul Ash, Artful Escape, Plug, Plug, Ooh. Plug, The Pathless and What Remains of Edith Finch, all in the one box. My God. Uh, I don't know if that's all in the one thing. I think it like is. cartridge? Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't say. They, you know, those those games aren't, aren't taking up a lot of space. I mean, cartridges are pretty small. I don't know. Maybe there's a couple of cartridges. 
Um, in any case, that's a pretty cool deal for 200 buckos, and it's a nice collector's edition if you like to, you know, have that kind of premium looking stuff on your shelf. Sure, sure. Uh, like I said, heavy capitalism news. Um, <laughs> next piece of news. Give me a mo. Give me a mo. Uh, I got a, I got a bag chip I can throw in here. Sure. Let's grab that while I'm grabbing the next piece. Uh, Mortal Kombat 1 is charging $10 USD for one fatality. What? Yeah. Yeah. So it's a Halloween fatality. Oh, I could, that sucks. I couldn't find out if it was timed. Uh, but yeah, they want, they want 10 $10 and, the, for a and fatality? this is, this is USD. This isn't even dollary dues. You know, these are, these are freedom units we're talking about. Yeah. And, and that's, that's Spenny. That's Spenny for, for, for one uh yeah for what it's basically an animation you're paying ten dollars yeah. for an animation in two years you'd be able to get that entire game for ten dollars so yeah. it's very strange patient gamers unite um the <laughs> yeah look if if the ten dollars went straight into the animator's pocket i would buy that in a heartbeat. oh in a heartbeat but no it, um, i can guarantee you that's not happening <laughs> Um, next piece of news, uh, itch.io is doing a games for Gaza bundle. Oh, which, yes. Uh, which is 256 games for $10. Fuck. Um, there's not a lot of recognizable games on there. I think these are a lot of, um, you know, Middle Eastern devs and a bunch of other folks of, of that similar side of the world. Right. Um, yeah. so yeah, definitely worth supporting, uh, that cause, um, what with the, genocide happening with the palestinian people right now yep. um any any amount of help that you can do and itch is a itch and their games bundles are sort of you know renowned for doing really good work and they've yep. almost hit their two hundred thousand dollar goal they're at one hundred and sixty four thousand dollars. so you know go and sling them 10 bucks if you got it Fuck and yeah. uh help out a good cause yeah for real and a lot of the time it's it's going to f like food and medical supplies yeah. you know it's just to keep people alive <laughs> which is yeah. fucked but like so that's that's where it is yeah um anyway um the finals is now in open beta so you can pick up it pick it up on steam right now for free it is a um i think i've talked about it before on this podcast it's like a 4v4 multiplayer shooter with like lots of destruction elements so you can yep. like shoot out the floor and the people standing above you will like fall into the main area or whatever and um there's specific classes that are devoted to like destruction and, and things like that um yeah it's a cool cool little game i played a little bit of it in the closed beta and now it's in open so um hopefully they fixed a couple things that were problems in the in the closed beta right yeah no i think you've mentioned it a couple of times because every time you mention it i'm like i've never heard of the finals and then you describe it i'm like oh that game i feel yeah. like i feel like the finals is a very forgettable name it is it is every time i see it like pop up on tiktok or whatever the first comment is like can't wait for this game to go out of style in exactly two weeks and i'm like jesus christ <laughs> just give it a chance i mean i mean it probably will but like have a bit of faith you know <laughs> yeah i mean i'm 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 for it i'm for it especially is if, if it's an indie dev you know if it's another oh. live service from squeenix then i'm i'm with that commenter but if if we got the indies out here giving a crack uh yeah <laughs> i don't think uh, wait wait embark studios is the is the studio never heard of them okay i think it's their only game they share a couple of letters with embracer group 
be on your guard. <laughs> I don't know who owns them or what they are, but anyway, um, I was expecting to see Ubisoft, so that's better than that. Better than that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now I've got some strange news. You ready for my two bits of strange news? <laughs> yeah. I've, what is this? Just off chicken? Is this, this is off chicken? Okay. All right. I don't know if we've we've had off chicken before, but I'm ready. Um, I'll start with the less off piece of chicken. <laughs> Um, Jeff Keighley did a tweet saying it's been a bumper year for video games or some such, I'm paraphrasing. Uh And yes, it has. It's been an incredible year for video games. We've got a a tweet here by someone commenting uh, basically a a JPEG of all the games that have come out this year. And there is quite quite the list. You know, we got Hi-Fi Rush. I'm just going to read them out real quick. All right. We got Resident Evil 4. We got the Dead Space remake. Um, Skipping over a few. We got the Zelda Tears of the Capitalism. We got (laughs) 6. Uh, we got Pikmin 4, Baldur's Gate, uh, you know, Armored Core, Sea of Stars, uh, Lies of P, uh, Resident Evil 4. I think I mentioned that. that. Oh, no, there was an Evil 4 DLC is what I'm looking at there. Uh, Phantom Liberty DLC. You got Spider-Man 2, which everyone's still jizzing their little gamer pants over. We got Super <laughs> Mario Wonder, Alan Wake 2. Coming around the corner, we got Robocop and Super Mario RPG remake. So, you know, that's pretty incredible. And then that got me thinking. And other people were saying in the comments as well, what were some other bumper years for video games? Oh, yeah. Uh, we got 2001, PlayStation 2 had quite the year. It mm-hmm. had Ace Combat, Dark mm-hmm. Alliance, Devil May Cry, mm-hmm. uh, Final Fantasy X, Gran Turismo mm-hmm. 3, Metal Gear Solid 2, Silent Hill 2, Jack and Daxter, Ico, and Grand Theft Auto 3, which is a pretty incredible set of games just on one console for one year. That is, though I will throw in... I will, mm. I will throw in that I think putting Ico with those games is, is an interesting <laughs> choice. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, look. <laughs> we've had our opinions about that company. <laughs> um, yeah, moving right along. Then someone else said a 2009 uh, Batman Arkham Asylum, Modern Warfare 2, Uncharted 2, Street Fighter 4. That's a bit weird. Left 4 Dead 2, Forza 3, Bayonetta, Assassin's Creed 2, and Prototype. I don't know if that was quite as good a year, but still pretty, pretty good. Mm, mm-hmm. um, and then there's another year that a lot of people speak of. I think it's 2007, but I didn't get any picks. Do you have any favorite years or years that you see as like you know, lots of stuff coming out? Uh, well, I mean, I kind of feel like 2011 was a big year for me. And it's not because of like the games that came out, but it was because you were a big part of my life and you had a a current gen console in the house. And Mm. so I got to catch up and every now and again, you would bring home a new game like Dead Space 2, which came out in 2011 and I'd be... And Dark Souls came out in 2011. Of course. I mean, shit. Maybe it's 2011. Hey, that's those, those are two of my favorite games for sure. yeah, there's a lot of incredible stuff in 2011. You got Portal 2, you got LNR, you got uh, Infamous 2. <laughs> uh, <laughs> or, already I, running out of steam. I'm running out, I'm running out. <laughs> uh, yeah, look, I'll leave it there. Um, there's a lot of good games there. Hell yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the final piece of kind of stinky news, uh, and this one comes from Skill Up, the Australian YouTuber. Mm-hmm. One singular brand new Wii U was sold in September and no one knows how or why. I saw that. That I also saw that news. How bizarre. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty weird. Uh, I don't I didn't realize that they were still allowed to sell Wii U's. Uh, I so, mean, yeah. yeah, if you're an electronics store and you've got a Wii U on the shelf and someone wants to pay full price for it, you're not going to say no. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's wild to me. Uh, it almost <laughs> sounds like either like a collector or like grandma. Grandma yeah. situation. Yeah. Maybe. Oh, could you imagine? I like, I would never suspect anybody of this, but like, one you like the 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 geriatric going in to to grab their nephew their granddaughter their grandson their grand whatever a console and they're like i want the new nintendo console and some scourge of the earth uh retail personnel is like yeah i got it i got it right here for you and they give them a fucking wii u yeah yeah This is the one you can take off the dock and play everywhere else. Yes, yes. It's got a screen on it, you see. Oh, it'd be so easy. Be so yeah. easy. Um, and that's all the news I have for you, uh, I think. Yes, Hell yeah. That was, you know, you said that was light on this week, but that was uh, that was actually a, a, a varied and good collection of news. Yeah, I like, I mean, I think it was, there was no big news, you know, we've had a lot of big mm. news um, mm. stories. This one was more just like, here's a few little bits and bobs. Yeah. But there was yeah. lots of bits and bobs, so it felt good. Yeah. Hard to agree. Anyways, you got a topic? I got a topic for you. All right. So I'm coming in hot. Uh, this is the first of a few topics where I didn't realize how passionate I was about these topics. So today we're going to talk about movement, and this is a topic that I've done absolutely zero research for. So Whoa, that's I just I just sat down and wrote about movement because I've got I'm I'm hot for movement. I'm hot for movement. I'm hot for <laughs> tutorials. Uh, yeah, this is this is an opinion piece, and I hope it's not too aggressive. I but hope I, it is too aggressive. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to come in. I'm just going to throw hot takes in your mouth for the next oh 25 minutes. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast is such a weird, like, homoerotic turn of reason. <laughs> <laughs> Look, we're, we're both comfortable in our sexuality. Yes, it's fine. Yes, I know. Uh, <laughs> it's just funny to me. That's all. Uh, anyway, continue. Remember, this is like 900 episodes in the future or whatever. It happens. We bang. It's canon. It's in the canon. <laughs> there's, um, there's this famous podcast called Basement Yard. Have you ever heard of it? I haven't, no. It's these two dudes and they have great chemistry and um, they've been doing a lot of episodes. You know, they've been around for a while. Uh, yeah. But someone had written f- like, uh, what's it called? Um, fan fiction about them. Oh, like salacious awesome. fan fiction where they, <laughs> where they bang and they read it live uh, in the podcast and I was just like yeah that's that's got to be the future you know that's the inevitable <laughs> end point <laughs> oh that's great anyway hit me oh. with that ju- juicy topic all right um so for me I mean we're diving right in all right for me movement should be designed in the context of everything else the game is trying to achieve so so let me let me throw some examples at you so the movement in disco elysium it's perfectly acceptable uh however you it's it's never going to come into a conversation right we mention disco elysium all the time but uh, i mean we're just not going to talk about the movement it's it's not good it's not bad unless you're playing on a switch with controller drift which to be fair is not disco's fault Mm. uh and so yeah in the context of the game it's it's perfectly fine Whereas 
movement is always going to be discussed when it's like super good or super bad so it's it's reserved more for like games like titanfall 2 or uh like the original resident evil with those tank controls and and i know there's there's some uh discourse there around the tank controls actually adding to the experience because it's more stressful because it's harder to control uh but just play the the remake the resident evil 2 remake it's it's still stressful and scary and those controls are very good uh but what i'm getting at is is like yeah movement is only worth mentioning if it's very good or very bad in the context of the gameplay like you you ain't playing disco for the movement and you ain't playing titanfall for the story although not bad um and so I want to I wanna, uh, explore, like, what makes for good movement in a video game. Okay. Um, and this was, this was really fun for me because uh, I turned out that good movement can be measured objectively. And so to prove this, uh, I'm going to talk through a bunch of games that have sick movement and you're going to agree with me. So, uh, <laughs> so I've got a sample size of one, uh, but I mean, what a sample it is. And so, uh, Mario 64, mm-hmm. good movement. Doom 2016, good movement. Good movement. Geometry Wars 2. Oh yeah, that's good movement. Really good movement. Sekiro. Yeah, that's good movement. Returnal. Yeah, good movement. Boom. You just you just throw them out there and it's good movement because it's just like the very act of moving in these ta- in these games is a good time, you know? And it's mm. like it's not about the animations or the graphics, it's about how it feels, man. And uh, you know, you can partly thank the animators for that, but still like the way your character reacts to gravity um or resistance, like it majorly impacts how it feels to control them. And so what I want to do to, uh, to like break down what makes good movement is I sat down and I put my big ugly thinking cap on, which is dusty and severely out of use. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, let's, let's break down movement. And so I've got four things, um, that I think make up, uh, movement. And so you can, uh, you can shout me down from the hills for this, or you can sure. you, you can tell me if if maybe I've missed something. Okay. Um, but but we will go we will go into them a bit more. But I'll just I'll just give you the four off the top. All right. Hit me from the dome. So we got responsiveness. Okay. We got momentum. Okay. We've got environment. Ooh, okay. Yep. And we've got performing different types of movement abilities in quick succession. Okay. I couldn't make that succinct. I tried. I guess it's like kind of combo moves, but for movement. Um, yeah. Like, like chaining things together is, is what I'm sure. getting at there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think like... <laughs> bless you. And I think when you combine these four things together, it's like, it's beautiful. You know, it's, uh, it's, it's what makes you say a game has good movement. Yeah. And, and so to better break this down, we're going we're gonna to pull apart the movement of uh, dead cells. And, yeah. you know, this is, this is a game I love. It's, uh, it's, it's on every console subscription service. I mean, you get the, you get the lowest 
PlayStation situation, you've got access to Dead Cells. You go on the Switch, Dead Cells is like on sale 24-7 for $15 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, this is a game that capitalizes on my, uh, my four major movement mechanics big time. So we'll, uh, we'll maybe start with responsiveness. And again, you, you, just, you just bring out the ruler and uh, <laughs> slap those knuckles if, uh, if you feel like I'm out of order. Okay. So, uh, yeah, for, for me, responsiveness is like a really big one, even though it's kind of subjective. Like, I'm of the opinion that good movement allows you to animation cancel. Um, right, right. But not all games let you do that. And, um, you know, uh, like a lot of games are designed around the responsiveness not being super tight. Like, I'd argue the 2D Mario games, they have, uh, you know, they're not like super responsive. They're like a bit mm. more floaty. Yeah. Um, and like the rest of the levels are designed around that and that's all cool. But it's like, this, this is the one thing that I think is like pretty subjective as far as the break, uh, the breakdown is concerned. Mm. And so like for me, Dead Cells allows you to animation cancel and it's super tight. It's, it's similar to Celeste that as soon right. as you like push a direction, you're almost at full speed immediately. Right. And, right. and that's like really satisfying for me. Got uh, all right. The next one we got is momentum. Uh, I mean, momentum is just so huge in dead cells. There's a lot of other mechanics that feed into this. Like once you've killed five enemies, you get a hundred percent speed bonus Ooh. and you've got to attack an enemy at every five seconds to keep it going. Right. Um, so, you know, there's just so much of, of that design that feeds into itself to keep you going really, really quickly. And so you've also got um, the ground slams in Dead Cells. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, which, which is like a big thing around momentum because um, basically, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's a roguelike where the levels are randomized and there are big drops in, in most of the levels. And if you, uh, if you like do a ground slam through the drop, you like go down really quickly and then you deal damage as you land. Yeah. But if you if you don't do a ground slam and you just drop down, you actually like hit the ground and you're stunned for a little bit. Yeah. Like yeah. the the game is actively saying, you know, like momentum is a big deal here. We want you to move quickly. Yeah. Um and so like yeah, I really I really respect a game that's just like, you know, you don't get you don't take damage, uh but like you'll learn quickly enough that being stunned or like having your movement stopped for a period of time is really detrimental to like the flow when you're playing this game right so momentum to you in this example or in this list of four things is less Mm. about the physical like the physics properties the physics of momentum and more about like the design of the thing itself that reinforces you to go fast through various mechanics Right. So um, another good example would actually be one of the games you mentioned in that um, Annapurna bundle. Oh, yeah. I can't can't remember the name, but the game where you like sling and arrows at little diamonds and you... Oh, uh, Pathless. Pathless. Yeah. I think that's another great example of a game that 
is is utilizing the kind of momentum that I'm talking about where like if you so in that game you basically run around with an, a bow and arrow and you you shoot these diamonds and when you shoot the diamonds you get speed and you can shoot diamonds consecutively to like keep speed. Uh, yeah keep keep that super speed going and and yeah. and that in this context is what I would call momentum right cool got it. hell yeah um all right so this one and and I, I i really wanted to squeeze this one in so the the third point i had was environment um so going back to dead spells there's uh, dead cells sorry there's <laughs> like a bunch of metroidvania elements that influence your traversal right but what makes the movement exciting is like the variety you have when you traverse the biomes so you're running, you're climbing, you're crawling, you're bursting right. through doors yep. and all of it feeds into your ability to like get around and damage enemies. So it's, it's, yeah, it, it's just that kind of like Ouroboros of like, all right, we've got the responsiveness, we've got the momentum and then the environment also supports both of those points to like make the movement feel really good. Yeah, I mean, uh, for me, that would sort of... I mean, environment is a good way to put it, but I personally would be more like um, like movement modes, you know? Like, you can be right. crawling crawling up a wall or sliding down a slope or bursting through a wall. They're all sort of, like, modes of, of navigation. See, um, this this is why we're here. Uh, we're changing environment to modes, baby, because yeah. Yeah, that, that makes way <laughs> more sense. Because, well, I mean, it's not like interacting with the environment that makes the movement good right mm. it's just like the movement itself when you're around certain things like walls yeah. or slopes or whatever yep yeah yes 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 nice solid and so um our fourth one uh just just capping off this uh this dead cell situation we've got going uh is is being able to perform different types of movement um in quick succession and I realized by choosing dead cells, you know, I don't think this really sticks out in a conversation about really good movement, but I personally think it's great and it needs, uh, it needs like a, a bit more kudos in, in that area. Um, but you could absolutely transplant everything I'm saying, uh, to talk about a game like Celeste. Um, so, I mean, in Dead Cells, you like dive bomb, you roll, you strike, you can animation cancel and you can jump or double jump or triple jump. Uh -huh. And, uh, it just all flows beautifully. You know, it doesn't like cost you anything. It doesn't cost you the, uh, the physics momentum to, to change, uh, you know, God, I'm trying not to use like mode, but uh, it is <laughs> yeah. it is kind of a mode, right? Like if you dive bomb and then you roll out of the bomb, there's there's no like uh, you, you don't not... stop to lay the it, bomb and then it, have to start moving again. Exactly, exactly. There's a flow. There's a flow yeah. there, and um, I mean chaining abilities is really good in Celeste as well. Like you'll slide down a wall and then jump through the air and you know dash upwards and you might hit a little diamond that recharges your dash so you can dash again and it's just yeah i mean yeah when when a game like that clicks and there's a huge focus on movement it's uh i mean it's just one of the best feelings yeah i mean so i like that one as well i like that 
that there's like you know various ways for that to happen as well you know like if you look at um resident evil 2 remake mm. you can walk and jog but then when you pull out your gun you're not allowed to move that's it mm. you're planted baby you got to shoot something or move on mm. um, that's like another example or like even throwing a grenade you have to stop to throw a grenade you can't jog and throw a grenade at the same time right yep um uh, what else is there I mean, any, any like shooting game, it's like, do we let the player slow? Like what is the mechanic around shooting and moving and aiming down sights and shooting and moving, you know, like if you're aiming down the sights, do you still move at full speed or do they dock your speed? Mm, yeah, uh, that yeah. definitely plays into it. And I think that's part of why, excuse me, Titanfall 2 is so fucking good because mm. you just at full speed all the time, baby. And, <laughs> and if you got that bunny hop thing going on, I mean, it's just ridiculous. You're flying across the maps. You you are looking down your sights, and it's it's all good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, that I mean, that game is just endlessly good when it comes to movements. But it it does feel like one of those decisions where you are giving up realism for fun. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, I get you there. Um, yeah. yeah, I think like you you mentioned one earlier on about responsiveness. Was that number one? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i think man responsiveness is like such a tricky one because like you can have good responsiveness um but you, at the cost of other things you know like if you want to have like a really nice looking animation system that like mm. everything nicely melds into other animations and all the systems flow nicely mm. it's hard to have good responsiveness you sort of trade off you know like you can have so imagine you're, you're walking, you're walking your third person character or even your 2D character forwards and then you stop input, you know, like you lift your finger, your hands off the control and stop moving. Yeah. Like the best example of responsive movement would be at the very moment that input stops, the character stops moving. Like they just right. come to a complete stop. But then yeah. what happens to their hips? You know, like when you stop mm. moving in real life, you don't immediately stop as if you've hit a wall. You, uh, you take another step and your weight sort of rolls forward and then your head knocks forward. And if you're wearing a jacket or a shirt or you've got long hair, you know, it sort of continues to move forward with, with the, you know, overlapping action or whatever. Like there's all these things that happen um, after you stop input. Yeah. And so you lose out on, on visual, I don't know, flair in some cases. Yeah. Um, like turning around is another one. Like a lot of games, struggle to like have a character that turns around nicely in 3d you can turn um but it's really hard to like make the character's feet stick to the ground nicely Mm. and because like you can turn any number of degrees in reality like you can can (laughs) pick pick an imaginary number between one and 360 and you can go there there. (laughs) but in a game you know like there's like different systems and stuff like that that are happening these days to do with like motion matching which is a a little bit of a buzzword that probably doesn't make any sense to anyone Um, (laughs) but it's sort of like a machine learning version of like ingesting a bunch of different animations and then you know choosing the best for whichever situation instead of like using uh three or four turn animations and you know choosing the closest one right um, sort of can blend in between a bunch of different ones at 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 per tick almost right um, per frame so yeah and so i don't know if you know whether sekiro uses this but it feels like sekiro uses what you described because in that game you go you know like you say you can go any direction 360 in that 3d game and Mm -hmm. 
you're immediately running really quickly and mm. it it's almost like the character is elastic the mm. the way he stops turns around and it makes the movement incredible i love the mm. movement in that game but it's certainly uh something that's noticeable you know you're like oh this is fun and blah 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 but it is like you know it's not like uh i mean in kenna that's that's definitely oh, something yeah. that pulled me out like when you stop in kenna they've got like an idle animation that it snaps yeah. to and it oh. just like it's it's like yeah every time you stop it's just like the frame oh. freezes and snaps yeah. to like the idle animation yeah, so I mean, at probably at some point in production, they were like, yeah, we've got this series of walk and run stops, but it really sucks to have this thing where when you take your hand off the controls to stop Kenna, she like slowly steps forward and we don't like that sludgy feeling. Right. Um, and so we just rip it straight out and say, snap to idle. You know, like there's no, yeah. there's no blending. It just goes straight to idle. And that's, you know, it's a design decision as well as like a visual direction decision. Um, yeah, they, they, you sacrifice um visual fidelity for for responsiveness that's kind of the trade-off totally uh, yeah yeah that's well a huge said. one um and, yeah, so, and sorry uh, sorry uh, and Sekiro I mean you mentioned I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. Sekiro and all those Souls games are all um state-based machines like they're all you know when xyz thing happens trigger this animation it's like oh, right. more traditional version of of animation system stuff it's it's not like groundbreaking like some of the new things are like whatever the new ubisoft thing is we'll most likely be using that high-tech stuff or like the, right. the, new, the new grand theft auto game is probably going to be using motion matching half-life right. alex used a lot of motion matching oh um, no shit yeah any hoozy continue yes. sorry about yes. that yes no love to hear it uh and yeah, I mean, that, that was kind of the end of, of mm. my, uh, like, uh, you know, breaking down dead cells, but, uh, yeah, I've got, I've got a few other notes. One of the things that I want to, want to acknowledge is that like a, a lot of these aspects when it comes to movement come with an intrinsic skill check. So mm. if you're not good at jumping in a 3d environment or a 2d environment, you may not complete that first level of Mario. You know, mm. like it's, it's something that, um, unlike a lot of mechanics we talk about really does have a, a skill check that just comes with the very fact of like picking up a controller and moving somewhere. Yep. Yep. Totally. Uh, and so, you know, that, that can act as a barrier, but, but for the most part, like, I feel like when I personally approach movement in a video game, it's like sitting down at a new movie, you know, just complete blank slate let's mm -hmm. see let's see what the intention of the designers are here yeah um and so yeah i wanted to talk uh about some other games that uh you know should be mentioned when when we're talking about movement they're not really games that i'm attracted to but they they totally deserve to be in the conversation uh i'm talking about the black sheep like uh flappy bird or Ooh. getting over it uh-huh um, you know, these games like satirize movement and it doesn't feel super great and it doesn't look super great either, but it's really entertaining. And mm. I think to some degree, you know, it's kind of like I was talking about with Callisto to some degree, there is, there is some success there because I mean, with, you know, getting over it is intentionally like that. So I guess that's super successful in that regard. Whereas Callisto is trying to take itself really seriously and it's <sighs> shit at doing that so maybe that's not the best analogy 
Um, but yeah, like en- entertainment is is definitely a big one when it comes to movement. Like Klopp, uh, I'm pretty sure Bennett Foddy, who's the getting over it developer, has another wacky thing coming in out the soon. Yeah, yeah, it's a climbing game where you, pay, you play a man baby. Uh, <laughs> looks pretty heavily inspired by like Death Stranding, but gone wrong. Oh my god! Yeah, wow. That um, yeah. I mean, you know, that's that's attractive. I'd like to watch that. I'd like to watch someone else play that. Uh, it's called Baby Steps for those playing at home. <laughs> great, great name, Bennett Bennett Foddy on a roll. Yeah, on a we, roll. We stand Bennett Bennett Foddy at this house. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think in general, like bad movement is enough to deter me from an otherwise good game, mm-hmm. um, and. I think as I've gotten older, I've been less forgiving around movement. Mm. I'm, I much prefer a snappy type of movement to the lighter floaty stuff. Mm. And, and I mean, I feel like we talk about it a fair bit, but yeah, I've, I've come to not like 2d Mario games for this reason. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I remember playing super Mario three and thinking it was so incredible back when I was a kid and any attempts at trying to play that recently, I just, the movement is just a killer for me. Mm. And, and it's, it's one of those things where like, especially when it comes to like responsiveness and like the floatiness and the type of movement, I think that is really subjective uh, because for sure that game is on, is on some people's favorite games of all time lists, you know? Yeah. 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 I think um, it is interesting how people like adapt to those like more slidey floaty movement systems, you know, like Mm. the first time you kind of pick up a Mario game, you like, try to jump over the Goomba and fall short and die. Like that's kind mm-hmm. of everyone's first experience with a Mario game. Mm-hmm. Then you're like, Oh, if I hold the button, I jump higher and oh, I, mm. I can't stop straight away. And you know, all that sort of stuff kind of sinks in and it's less, it's like, there's like some amount of learning that happens, which is kind of cool. Um, yeah. And then similar with games like Meat Boy, where you're like, Oh, I have almost complete control midair. So what does that afford me? And you kind of go through and the game teaches you your, about your limitations yeah yeah man i didn't even think of meat boy when i was writing this up because that's a that's a cracker for movement yeah silky precision um yeah it's a (laughs) it's a good one um yeah i'm trying to think of what else there is to say that that springs to mind about movement i mean there's also like uh you mentioned like Disco Elysium briefly mm, and like how yeah. no one would talk about the movement in Disco Elysium. But I think like for me, there's like um a conversation about uh and this is probably just a conversation between animators critiquing the animation in <laughs> Disco Elysium. But <laughs> yeah. it's like you've got a game that is basically almost top down almost. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, all you've got is just like a walk animation and a jog animation. Like it would have been really nice to get a little bit extra in there because you've got all this room to play you know like there's no need for it to um be super snappy and responsive because you're not dodging bullets or anything like that so why right. not like you can make it look great you got all this you got all this real estate to play with if if you take away you know the fact that you're not shooting a gun or like trying to jump over blades yeah. you're just moving around you got you got real estate to build something great um mm. and you know, i'm sure there's all sorts of reasons why they didn't but um yeah it's just like that's one of those chances where I, as an animator, I look at that and I'm like, wow, the movement is so threadbare. Let's like p- pump a bunch of cool stuff in there and it'll look great. <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. So, yeah. I like that take. So, yeah. 
Um, um, and yeah, look, final note, final note on this bad boy mm. uh, is a huge note. Huge topic. Idiot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sports games. I mean, holy uh, shit. Like Tony Hawk's Underground, mm. uh, fucking Wakeboarding Unleashed. Uh, I was a big Wakeboarding Unleashed fan, by the way. Mm. I, uh, I had that on the original Xbox. I would, I would play Wakeboarding Unleashed and listen to the latest Black Eyed Peas album. <laughs> that's, wow. that's, yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's the level of depravity uh, I was engaging in at that yeah. age, which, yeah. you know, would have been about 12. That's extreme. That's extreme. <laughs> that's an extreme way to end an episode, isn't it? It is, it is. But that's okay. That's how we end episodes here on It's Almost the Weekend. Um, do we have emails? I think we do, oh, actually, speaking fuck. of ending an episode. Yeah, yeah, okay. Holy shit. All right. Um, yeah, so I got an email to read you. Okay. And we've also got other emails. And I meant to talk to you before we started recording about those other emails. So okay. I, tell you, I tell you what. I'm going to read an email from Twilight Priest right now. Very excited to get this email, but there are other emails from one Mr. Alex, and uh-huh. uh, we're gonna we're gonna turn that into something a bit deeper. But I I need to chat to you after the podcast. I'm so okay. sorry I butchered sure. this. No, that's all right. Let's get through that Twilight Priest email, and we'll uh, we'll cover it next week, I guess. Hell yeah! All right, Mr. Alex, hold tight. We'll uh, we'll get into that next week. But for now, Twilight Priest writes in. And he says, when I heard you guys announce the Game Club game for this month, I was ready. I was ready to learn that video games could be utilitarian endeavors and not entertainment media. (laughs) Uh I was was ready to bust out the freshly cut grass scented candles for extra immersion. Oh, hell yeah. I was ready to rip off my shirt, grab the handle of a rotary mower in one hand and a double black in the other and suck a punch a Sunday morning hangover in the face like I was 12 years younger than I am right now. Oh, I'm seeing. I'm, I've actually got photos of that exact vision. <laughs> yeah. drive. This is legitimately a true story. Yeah. Then I got back into my car to drive to work the next day, heard the last minute of the pod and realized that we would instead be playing Shadow of the Colossus and not Lawnmower Simulator. Mm. Um, so yeah, shout out. This is, this is an email. We love to hear if, if you all are playing the Game Club game and you have thoughts, please let us know. Twilight Priest continues. I was psyched. This game has sat right near the top of my pile of shame for over a decade. I remember seeing bits of pieces of it between shifts when I was floating around our share house back in the day, but I really had no more prior experience than that. I went into this month expecting to fall in love with this game, but I kind of didn't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I was the most knowing mm -hmm I've ever heard. For the most part, I enjoyed my time with it. I do love the concept and I love the designs. The music is great, save for a few harsh transitions here and there, but also the lack of music is just as great. The, the low drone used during open world traversal sat really well with me. The simplicity of the loop of follow the beam of light, find the monster, work out the puzzle to kill the monster, implement the required skills to kill said monster, rinse and repeat was a nice chill time. Nice. 
turn off your brain, follow the simple instructions given to you by the disembodied voice until you realize that maybe you should have stepped back and thought about this situation a little bit more and maybe not done those things just because you were told to do them. Mm-hmm. But by this point, you're already way too far gone and so may as well finish off the task and maybe learn from our mistakes in the future. Um, which is interesting to hear because we had that same take. We were like, I'm not killing these things for my girlfriend. Like yeah. there's no there's no way. And I, I also like Twilight Priest's take here where he says, follow the simple instructions given to you by the disembodied voice. Yeah. Um, and I, I thought those instructions were like really annoying and, you know, like I didn't think they were instructions. I think they were like, I'm taking too long. <laughs> you know oh, like right. like yeah. you know like in god of war when they just you know they're like Maybe annoying tips or whatever yeah. yeah exactly exactly um so i would say i do love the essence of this game i think it was a little longer than it needed to be give us 10 colossi make it a four or five hour experience and the game would have mm-hmm. been better for it in my opinion agreed what I dislike the most was the way the game handled and the way the camera controlled. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is this is really great to hear because, uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about it on the pod. It's it's the word masterpiece is thrown around a lot, but holy shit, that camera. The camera ruins it. Yeah. <laughs> at best, the camera weight. Uh, sorry. At best, the camera was infuriating. At worst, it was downright nauseating. And trying to wrangle aggro was about as wieldy as Mass Effect Marco. Yeah. Great. Great call out. Yeah. Great Fucking... analog there. Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, this is the movement episode. Those are, those are examples of shit movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed that there were other little interactions out in the world. The game never told you that you could find and eat fruit to increase health or that you could collect lizard tails to increase stamina. Yeah, I didn't know that. I found one of them. Hmm. But the fact that the game doesn't tell you these things and yet you still can do them speaks to its concept of not just taking things as they are presented to you. A little thought can go a long way. In conclusion, I definitely believe this game observes its, deserves its status as a classic. Ooh. Interesting. Does that mean everyone should play it? Probably not. I thank you guys wholeheartedly for kicking me in the butt and getting me to play and finish a game from my uh-huh. pile of shame. Bless you, Damien. <laughs> I enjoyed my time with it, but I don't think I will pick it up again in the future. In fact, I think I might go and mow my lawn. Uh, your friend, Wonderful. Twilight Priest. Yay! Thank you, Damien. Thank you, Twilight <laughs> Priest, aka Damien. Yeah, great, great email. Um, well paced email as well. What a what a what a read. That's good. So good. So good. Yeah. Yeah. Love um, that. Yeah, I like all all the stuff that you had to say there. Um. The I hadn't I hadn't thought about Mass Effect Mako in such a long time. It just brought <laughs> back the nightmares that were trying to navigate that like horrible low poly geo surface of horrible planets in that game. <laughs> uh, so thank you. I I wonder if they fixed that in the you know the remaster. The like no idea, no, no idea. idea. Yeah, yeah. I- interesting. See, because that's you know that's another remaster that was not a remake mm. that that released from last year or whenever it was, and so great opportunity to to fix something that is obviously really bad and you know it's it's really hard to get nostalgic for things that are really bad like yeah i can understand people being keen on the on the whole 
uh, emotional journey of, of Shadow of the Colossus. But no one's nostalgic for that fucking camera, surely. Yeah, yeah. I remember hearing about it in uni and like the the wanking was pretty intense. You know, it's like, here's this, the reasons why the cinematic camera works, you know? Like, it was that kind of discussion. <laughs> wow. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of that sort of stuff floating around as well. You know, people's opinions of this thing is sort of carried it through the, through the history a little bit. Mm, yeah well we're here to snub that fire snub, right yeah, out snub them only <laughs> only dead cells hollow night and dark cells <laughs> oh god i'm so predictable um hell yeah well if you want to send us an email like that you can shoot it straight to it's almost the weekend pod at gmail.com hell yeah that's it that's the episode. Go home. <laughs> Get Boom. out of my house. That's it. I'm leaving. We've been All kicked right. out. Bye. See ya. <laughs>